I'm Sarah Vioso, and this is Surviving Fear. I have stage four brain cancer, but I have chosen faith, hope, and laughter to navigate my difficult diagnosis. This is my story and the lessons I've learned by surrendering my struggle to God. Season two, episode one, hope is scary. Well, welcome back to Surviving Fear. Um, took a little break <clears throat> after busting out 33 episodes, but gosh, it was so therapeutic for me. Um, a little bit for those of you that are just joining us, this is just my story in a nutshell is in May of 2020, I was diagnosed with glioblastoma. And as it says in my new spiffy, gosh, who says spiffy anymore? But I guess I did. That used to be our word back in junior high, which was 30 years ago plus. Um, wanted to shake things up a little bit. Had my son record some new music for our opening. Hope you enjoyed it. And changed the wording a little bit and just wanted to give it a different feel this season. A little bit brighter. You know, I can, I'll continue to share my experiences as I've continued to go through this journey. I am now... By the time you guys listen to this, I'm going to be at 17 months, 17 months of healing when I was diagnosed and they told me 15 months is the average lifespan. So in other words, I'm doing great. Things are going really well. Um, but I've learned again in that 17 months or six months, well, by the time you listen to this, it'll be 16, 17 months. But in this time frame, I think I've learned more in that time frame than I have in my entire life. And I think I've been more alert. Maybe alert's not the best word, but I've been more aware of what's going on and really tuned into life and not getting caught up in the little things. But I'm I, sure I still do. I mean, I'm human. And that's one thing. It's one thing I have to come to terms with is we're human. And I know that sounds weird, but we aren't perfect. And I still find myself expecting perfection. And I get frustrated with myself. And I'm like, you know that, you know, you know that God's got this. And you know that you just have to surrender everything to him. But I still struggle with it every single day. I guess it's, you know, it's not our nature to just blindly trust. Or maybe it is. And I just don't do that well. But I guess it's just this has just been, like I've said, if you've listened to the first episode or the first season, you know, it's been a gift. But I wanted to go back to hope. Hope is a very scary thing. It's an amazing thing, but it's very scary. Because by allowing yourself to hope in something, you're potentially setting yourself up for a great disappointment. And we've all been disappointed in our lives. I watch my kids, my, like I've said, like you guys know, if you've been listening, that I have two boys, or we have two boys, my husband and I, Paul, have two boys, Adam and Jake, and they are currently 16 and 14 years old. Yes, I have a driver in my house. Oh, that's a whole other podcast about being the parent of a teenage driver. I shouldn't say that. He's does, he does a great job. But... 
Hope is scary because there is that possibility of great disappointment. And some of us has experienced that on a smaller scale. And it's not a comparative. It's not, there's, you know, that's not fair. I don't want to triage this and compare it. That, you know, I've said before that no struggle is better or worse than another. It's still a struggle. It's still in your world. So disappointment that happens in your world isn't better or worse than disappointment that happens in mine. You know, I, and this is such a petty version of that, but that's okay. As I just said, don't do it, but this is me in high school. And I was, I remember the disappointment and how devastated I was when I did not make cheerleader my, was it my junior or senior year? I can't even remember. I didn't make cheerleader. All my friends made it and I didn't. And I was so disappointed. And you may not think that's a big deal, but like at that time, at that age, during Texas football, and Friday Night Lights is a real deal in Texas, guys, the whole town comes out to cheer on the local team. And it was fantastic. I wouldn't have traded my experience of growing up with for anything. It was very cool to grow up in, you know, where your whole town rallies around one cause, and that's for your football team to win. And then that, you know, that bled into all the different sports that they, you know, everybody would support each other in the different sports. But I was devastated. I was hopeful I was going to make cheerleader again because I'd made it my sophomore year. And I was hopefully, I'm hoping I was going to make it again my junior and senior because all my friends did. But I didn't make it. And it was very disappointing. And I know that sounds silly that I'm comparing, you know, I'm comparing my disappointment because I had my hope in making cheerleader when I was in high school to the disappointment I felt. I We were hopeful that when I started having symptoms and we found that tumor in my head, we were hopeful that it wasn't cancer. I was very disappointed that it was. It's tough. Some of you listening to this have had a cancer diagnosis and it's not, and maybe it wasn't brain cancer. I know some of you listen to this that have, are dealing with different kind of cancers, either personally or someone in your very close to you is dealing with cancer and, or whatever the struggle is, whatever illness that you're dealing with. And when you're hopeful, when you're awaiting pathology results, when you're awaiting test results, you're hopeful that it isn't the worst. And it's really hard when you are, and I don't even know if disappointed is the right word. I don't know if there's a word strong enough. And sometimes it's destroying. Maybe that that might be overstating. But in our frail human understanding, when that hope is does not come to be, it's very difficult to deal with. I dealt with it with a lot of expletives. I'll be very, I'll be very blunt. 
when I got my diagnosis. I'm all about being real and truthful and being authentic in this. And I will not lie. There were quite a few expletives that came flying out of my mouth through the sobs and snot and tears. And then I see where I am today. And I am not... Uh, I recognize that not everybody that gets a cancer diagnosis or an illness diagnosis or or dealing with depression or dealing with thoughts of hurting yourself or have lost a job or didn't get a job that you applied for or, I mean, there's just the list goes on and on. I understand that it doesn't always go away. Sometimes people were praying for transition to the next life. We've all, you know, I've had that experience. Grandparents, friends, friends of children, or um, I say that backwards, children of friends. And that's when you're like, it feels dangerous to hope. But if we don't have hope, what do we have? What a difficult life this is without the hope of something great, of the greater purpose that is there, that God promises us. He promises us that you have reason to hope. There's a movie, and it's an older one. I believe it's 90s. Here I go back to my C. I still love my movies. Things haven't changed. Um, it's an older movie. It's a chick flick, but I just love it. I just because I love the actors in it. And it's um, Sandra Bullock and Harry Connick Jr., which, oh, you still just love Harry Connick Jr. I mean, he's a funny actor, he has a phenomenal voice. My brother and I went and saw him in concert back in the 90s at a place called Bronco Bowl in Dallas. But, oh, my gosh, it was such a great concert. Anyway, he all, you know, kicked on the scene. He he came onto the scene with When Harry Met Sally, and he's that very classic 50s look to him. You know, he's one of the crooners out there. And, anyway, I'm so diverting off topic right now. But I just had this memory, very very vivid memory pop in. But I just love Harry Connick Jr. I think he's a phenomenal performer and seems like a really – of course, you know, he's my best friend. No, I've never met the guy, but just the way he is perceived in the media or was perceived in the media. I haven't seen him out in a while. Um, He seems like somebody you'd want to sit down and, you know, chat with. It seems like a nice family guy. Anyway, the movie they're in is called Hope Floats. And I just love that title. I think it's, think about it for a minute. That sometimes we get so down and dark that we lose the light and we lose the hope. And no matter what that deep and dark is, hope always floats to the top. It does. We sometimes think it's our human nature to be negative and to think of be in the dark 
And sometimes it's really hard to resist the dark. I, you know, you guys that have listened know the story. I mean, all I have to do is stage four brain cancer. You gotta, you gotta know there's some darkness that goes along with that. And actually the name of it's glioblastoma. Sorry, I keep saying stage four brain cancer because I think some people don't know what it is, but glioblastoma is the name of the cancer I have. And, but I really believe our human tendency is to the light. And sometimes going to the light is way harder than going to the dark. But I just have that visual of being down in the dark and pushing something down to the dark, almost like a beach ball. Like if you want to think of that, like I remember as a kid, like pushing a beach ball down to the bottom of the pool and then letting it go. And what does it do? It rockets back up to the surface and it floats. And I believe that's like how we are. I believe that we are designed to float. We are designed to have our head above water. We are designed to see the beautiful clouds and the beautiful sky and the beautiful sunshine and the rainbows and all this beautiful world has to offer. I don't believe we're meant to live in misery. And that's not to say that we're not going to have difficult times that come our way. But when we hope through those difficult times, it just changes everything. It changes the way you view. It changes your perspective on how to deal with the challenges. It changes your perspective on things that seemed absolutely detrimental and awful. Maybe they can be seen in a different light and from a different point of view. And if you ever get the chance, it's an, if you can find it somewhere on Netflix or whatever streaming device you use, or I highly recommend to watch this movie. It's an adorable movie. Yes, it's a sweet movie. In fact, I own it. I really think I might go home and I might put it on tonight and watch it. Um, another story of hope is I wanted to revisit a time when I was in the hospital right before surgery. And I think I might've shared this, shared this one before, but it's just, it's one that I was talking about hope. This song immediately came to mind and the story immediately came to mind or this experience. I shouldn't say it's a story because story seems like it's fictional. Um, This is not a fictional story. What has happened to me has all of it's happened to me. Um, And we all have our story. And I feel like every person's life is a best-selling novel. I do believe that. I think it is. I think we all, if we all sat down and shared our stories, I think we'd all be captivated by the strength and grit and faith and vulnerability and sadness, and anxiety, and love that we have all experienced. And sometimes I think it takes, I think we don't realize what we have been through until someone else hears our story and be like, wow. Like, I I mean, I have that happen when I'm listening to someone share a story and be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you went through that. And look at you. You look amazing. Or look at you. You seem, you have a light. 
or look at you, look what you're doing with your life. Like that has happened to me so many times. And the person that's telling me their experience, it's like, oh, it really wasn't that big of a deal. It's fine. And I am like jaw dropped, eyes popping out of my head going, seriously, look at what you've done. That's incredible. And I think sometimes we miss it because we're living it and we're feeling it. And from an outsider standpoint, they can remove themselves from what they've been through. And because it happens to them, I think the persp- their perspective is different. We are able to see it in a very black and white way. Well, as they're telling the story, they're telling it with the, and they're feeling those emotions that they felt, whether it was a struggle or it was something amazing that happened and wonderful that happened. So anyway, I want to go back to the story that I wanted to tell you and close with this. And when I was in the hospital, I was in the ICU and it's COVID and my husband was not able to be in the hospital with me. He had to be, because of COVID, he had to be outside the hospital. So I was in the ICU by myself and on Sunday morning and everyone's watching church online. And so we're watching mass online at the same time. We're watching the same broadcast of mass. And I was kind of stoked because our priest at the time, Father Reynolds, was very key in my healing and such an important part of the story he uh, gave me a shout out during mass, which Father Reynolds does not do. And I was so excited. I was like, oh my gosh, he just said, pray for me, like to the whole church. It was me and another man. And he had a surgery coming up. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I was so cool to be included in that. And there's the hope. I'm like, oh my gosh, we have a large parish. And he remembered me and what I'm going through. And I thought that was cool. But then one of my favorite songs came on. It's by Phil Wickham, and it's Living Hope. And just like hope floats, what a cool way to think of hope. It's living. It's a living being. And you know, Christ is our living hope. He came to earth to show us that, hey, I got a way better place waiting for you. Now, I go back to Living Hope coming on while I'm in the hospital sitting, you know, ICUs in the penthouse, baby. So I I had a really nice view out out my windows in ICU as I'm watching mass and sobbing because this song came on. And they weren't tears of fear. And they weren't tears of despair. They were tears of hope. How amazing is that, that God gives us that gift while we're on this earth of hope? And not just hope in the outcomes that we want to see. It's hope in the outcome that will happen. The outcome that all the pains and the sufferings and the disappointments that we experience on this earth are very temporary. They aren't permanent. And that hope and the promise 
that when we transition from our humanly bodies to our heavenly bodies, that hope comes to be. So this isn't a hope that you have to lean on and be like, oh, I think I'm going to be disappointed at the end of this. It's a hope that you have a destination that is better than anything we can imagine here waiting for us. So I'm so glad to be back. I've missed doing this. It's good for my soul. I hope that this 20 minutes that I've been talking, I hope you can pull something out of it that helps you. This is the whole reason why I do this. I'm doing this so somewhere out there, there's one person, hopefully more than one, but one person that my experience that I've been through helps, helps you get through a dark moment and helps you find that hope again. So thank you for listening. I'm Sarah Vioso, and I'll see you at the next episode of Surviving Fear. Surviving Fear is made possible by the efforts of our executive producer, J.T. Henderson, writer and director, Sarah Vioso, producer and editor, Kristen Walker, artistic creator, Laura Ritchie, graphic editor, Linda Lee, and musical artist and composer, Adam Vioso.